Hello, my name is Brayden, and today we are going to be reading Wings of Fire, Book 1, The Dragonette Prophecy, uh, pages, chapters 1 through 35, and the Apology. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna ring, I'm going to read The Dragonette Prophecy as well. When the war has lasted 20 years, the Dragonettes will come. When the land is soaked in blood and tears, the Dragonettes will come. Find the seawing seawing egg of deepest blue wings of night shall come to you the largest egg in the mountain high will give to you the wings of sky the wings of earth search through the mud for an egg the color of dragon blood and hidden alone from the rival queens the sound winged egg awaits unseen of three queens who blister and blaze and burn two shall die and one shall learn if she bows to a fate that is stronger and higher she'll have the power of wings of fire Five eggs to hatch on the brightest night. Five dragons born to end the fight. Darkness will rise to bring the light. The dragonettes are coming. A dragon was trying to hide in the storm. Lightning flickered across the dark clouds. Heavier clutched his fragile cargo closer. If he could make it over the mountains, he'd be safe. He'd escape the sky dragon's palace unseen, and the secret cave was so close. But his theft had not been as silently as he thought and eyes as black as obsidian were already tracking him from below. The enormous dragon on the mountain ledge had pale gold scales that radiated heat like a desert horizon. Her black eyes narrowed, watching the gleam of silver wings far up in the clouds. She flickered her tail, and behind her, two more dragons rose in the sky and dove into the heart of the storm. A piercing shriek echoed off the mountains as their talons seized the moon-pale ice dragon. Bind his mouth, the waiting dragon ordered as her shoulders dropped him her on the slick wet ledge on front in front of her he was already inhaling ready to attack quickly one of the soldiers grabbed a chain from the pile of the smoldering coals he threw it around the ice dragon snout clamping his jaws together with a sizzling smell of burning scales heavier let out a muffled scream too late the sad dragon's forked tongue slithered in and out of her mouth you won't be using your freezing death breath on us, Ice Dragon. He was, carry- he was carrying this queen bird, said one of the soldiers, han- han- handing her a dragon egg. Burn squinted at the egg through the downpour. This is not an Icewing egg, she hissed. You stole this from the Skywing Palace. The Icewing stared back at her, hissing steam circled from his snout where the hot chains met cold silver scales. You thought you got away unnoticed, didn't you, Burn said. My Skywing ally is not a fool. Queen Scarlet knows everything that happens in her kingdom. Her lookouts reported an Icewing theft sneaking away, and I decided finding you might add some violence to my boring visit. Burn held the ledge, large egg up to the light of the fire and turned it slowly. Red and gold shimmered below the, her, the pale, smooth surface. Yes, this is a Skywing egg. It's about to hatch, Burn mused. Why would my sister send you to steal a skywing dragonette blaze hates any younger dragons and prettier than she is she thought for a moment as rain drummed on the ledge around them unless the brightest night is tomorrow her tail flicked up there's like a scorpion's the poisonous bar of inches from her ears eyes you're not in blaze's army are you you're one of those insipid underground peacemongers so when I hear that, I'm thinking she's getting ready. She's, like, very upset. She wants this war to keep going on. I think she's having a bit too much fun killing dragons. But I'm sure not every other dragon wants to keep killing each other. I mean, who really does? Okay. Tons of peace, said one of the soldiers. You mean they're real? Burns snorted. A few worms crying over a little blood. Unwrap his chains. You won't be able to freeze us until scales cool down. The enormous sand dragon leaned closer as her soldier pulled the chain away. Tell me, ice dragon, do you really believe in that pompous old Nightwing's prophecy? Haven't enough dragons died for your war? Snarled Hevator, wincing at the pain in his jaws. All of Fiora has suffered for the last 12 years. The prophecy says, I don't care. No prophecies decides what happens to me, Burn interrupted. I'm not letting a bunch of words or baby dragons choose when I die or what I bow to. 
we can have peace when my sisters are dead and I am queen of the sand wings. Her venomous tail dipped close to the silver dragon. Rain pattered on her scales. He glared up at her. The dragonettes are coming, whether you like it or not, and they'll choose who the next sandwing queen will should be. Really, Burn stepped back and turned the egg slowly between her talons. So, her forked tongue sipped in and out of her smile. So, Icewing, is it this egg a part of your pathetic prophecy? Javier went still. Burn tapped lightly on the eggshell with one long talon. Hello, she called. Is there a dragonette of destiny in there, ready to come out on, out and end this big bad war? Leave it alone, Javier choked out. Tell me, Burn said, what becomes of your precious prophecy if one of the five dragonettes is never hatched at all? You wouldn't, he said. No one would harm a dragon egg. His blue eyes were fixed desperately on her talons. No wings of sky to help save the world, Burn said. What a sad, sad story. She began tossing the egg from one ta front talent claw to the other. I guess that means you should be very, very careful with this terribly important little oops. With an exaggerated lunge, Burn pretended that wet egg was slipping through her talons, and then she let it fall over the side of the cliff into the rocky darkness below. No, Heavier sure shrieked. He threw off the two shoulders and flung himself toward the edge. Burn slammed her massive claws down his neck. So much for destiny, she smirked. So much for your tragic little movement. Your monster, Dicewing gasped, withering under her talons. His voice cracked with despair. We'll never give up. The dragonettes, the dragonettes will come and stop this war. Burn leaned down to hiss into his ear. Even if they do, it'll be far too late for you. Her claws ripped through the silver dragon's wings, shredding them as Severe shrieked in agony. With a swift moment, she stabbed her poisonous tail through his skull and flung the long silver body over the edge of the cliff. So when I hear that, that's just a bit dark, a bit monstrosaurus. Burns character is really, well... Burn is really hard-headed and want, doesn't really want to listen to other people. She wants to win this war with force. Okay. The ice dragon's screams cut off long below the echoes of his cor corpse slamming into the rocks below. The sandwing turned her black eyes to the her soldiers. Perfect, she said. That should be the last we hear about the st stupid prophecy. She held out her tongue so the rain could wash away the glittering dragon blood. Let's go find something else to kill. The three dragons spread their rings and lifted off into the dark clouds. Sometime later, far below, a large dragon color of rust crawled over the rocks to the broken body of the ice dragon. She nudged his tail aside and lifted a shard of eggshell from beneath it then slipped back into the labyrinth of caves under the cliff. Stone walls brushed against her wings. She breathed out a plume of flame to light her way along the dark passage deep into the mountain. I stand with the talons of peace, hissed a voice in the shadows. Castell, is that you? We wait. We await the wings of fire, answered the red dragon. A blue-green sea wing emerged from a side cave and she tossed the eggshell at his feet. Not that it'll do m as much good now, she snarled. Heaviature is dead, Seewing stared at this eggshell. But Skywing Egg, broken, she said. Gone, it's over, Webs. It can't be, he said. Tomorrow's the brightest night. The three moons will be, uh, be all be full for the first time in a century. The dragonettes of the prophecy have to hatch tomorrow. Well, one of them is already dead, Castell said, rage flickering in her eyes. I knew I should have stolen the Skywing Egg myself. I know the Skywing Kingdom. They wouldn't have caught me, in a, caught me a second time. Rebs, Webs grimaced, scratching one claw over the gills along his neck. Asha is dead too. Asha, a spit of flame shot from Castell's nose. How? Caught in a battle between blazes and blisters forces on the way here. She made it with the red and mudwing egg, but she died of her wound soon after. So it's just you and me and Doom to raise the little worms, Castell growled. 
for a prophecy that can never be fulfilled. Let's break the cursed eggs now and be done with it. We'll be long gone before the challenge of peace returns for the dragonettes. No, Webbs hissed. Keeping dragonettes alive for the next eight years is more important than anything. If you don't want to be part of that... All right, enough, Kestel snapped. I'm the strongest dragon in Talon's Peace. You need me. It doesn't matter how I feel about nasty little dragonettes. She eyed the eggshell on the floor, rubbing her scarred palms together. Although, I thought at least one of them would be a skywing. I'll find us a fifth dragonette, Webbs pushed past her scales, scraping against rock. There's no way back into the Sky Kingdom brainless, she said. They'll be guarding the hatchery closely now. Then I'll get one... Get, then I'll get an egg somewhere else, he said grimly. The rain wings don't even count their eggs. I could take one from the rainforest without anyone noticing. Well, Castell seems very grumpy. She seems very mad all the time, though. Webbs is more faithful in the prophecy. He wants this war to end. So he's going to do whatever he takes, even if it means taking a... Uh, 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 Rainwing. All of the horrible ideas, Kestel said with a shudder. Shudder. Rainwings are wretched creatures, nothing like Skywings. We have to do something, Webb said. He hissed as his tail sent the eggshell scattering across the floor. In eight years, the Talons of Peace will come looking for five dragonets. The prophecy says five, and we're going to make it come true, whatever it takes. Part one, Under the Mountain. Okay, before we start this... Let's talk about the characters so far. So we have met Burn. Wait, it's Burn, right? Yeah, it's Burn. It's Burn. Yeah, Burn. So she. Well, she's not really one of my favorite characters in this. She's really just a mean and horrible person. She doesn't want this war to end. She likes to kill it. Like, it said, now let's go find something else to kill. She kills for fun. I don't think that'd be a good sandwing queen. Castell seems angry. Probably, she said she knows the Sky Kingdom well, so she maybe was a guard. Or work there, at least. Webbs is faithful, faithful in this prophecy and will do whatever it takes to make it come true. That's really all I gotta say for him. Six years later, chapter one. Clay didn't think he was the right dragon for a big heroic destiny. Oh, he wanted to be. He wanted to be the great mud-winged savior of the dragon world, glorious and brave. He wanted to do all the wonderful things expected of him. He wanted to look at the world, figure out what was broken, and fix it. But he wasn't a natural hatched hero. He had no legendary qualities at all. He liked sleeping more than studying, and he kept losing chickens in the caves during hunting. Practice, be practice because, he was all because he was paying attention to his friends instead of watching for feathers. He was all right at fighting, but all right wasn't going to stop the war and save the dragon tribes. He needed to be extraordinary. He was the biggest dragonette, so he was supposed to be the scary, tough one. The minders wanted him to be terrifyingly dangerous. Clay felt about as dangerous as Cauliflower. Fight! His attacker howled, flinging him across the cavern. Clay crashed into the rock wall and scrambled up again, trying to spread his mud-colored wings for balance. Red Talon raked at his face and as he ducked away. Come on, the red dragon snarled. Stop holding back. Find the killer inside you and let it out. I'm trying, Clay said. Maybe if we could stop and talk about it, she lunged for him again. Right to the left. Roll right. Use your fire. Clay tried to duck under her wing to attack her from below, but of course he rolled the wrong way. One of her talons smashed him to the ground and he yelped with pain. What's left was that? Useless. Castell bellowed in his ear. Are all mudwings as stupid? Are you just deaf? Well, if you keep that up, I will be soon, Clay thought. The skywing lifted her claws, and he wriggled free. I don't know about other mudwings, he protested, licking his sore talons, obviously, but perhaps we could try fighting 
Without all the shouting and see, he stopped hearing the familiar hiss that came before one of Castell's fire attacks. He threw his wings over his head, tucked, tucked his long neck in, and rolled into the maze of stalagmites that studied one corner of the cave. Flames blasted the rocks around him, sing, singeing the tip of his tail. Coward! The older dragon bellowed. She smashed one of the rock columns into a shower of, shower of sharp pe black pebbles. Clay covered his eyes and almost immediately felt her stamp down hard on his tail. Ow, he yelled. You said stomping tails was cheating. He seized the closest stalagmite between his claws and scrambled up on top of it. From his perch near the roof, he glared down at his guardian. I'm your teacher, Castell snarled. Nothing I do is cheating. Get down here and fight like a skywing. But I'm not a skywing, Clay thought rebelliously. I'm a mudwing. And I don't like setting things on fire or flopping around in circles, biting a dragon's neck. His teeth still ached from Castell's jaw, jewel-hard scales. Can I fight one of the others, he asked. I'm much better at that. The other dragonets were all his own size, nearly, and they didn't cheat well most of the time. He actually liked fighting with them. Oh, yes, which opponent would you prefer? The stun, the stun sand wing or the laser ring wing? Kestrel said, because I'm sure you'll get to choose out on the battlefield. Her tail glared like an ember as she lashed it back and forth. Glory's not lazy, Clay said loyally. She's just not built for fighting, that's all. Ab says there's not much to fight about in the rainforest because the rain wings have all the food they want. He says that's why they've stayed out of the war so far. Because none of the rival queens want rain wings in their armies anyway. He says, Stop yammering and get down here, Kesto roared. She reared up on her back legs and flared her wings, so, so she suddenly looked three times bigger. With a yelp of alarm, Clay tried to leap at the next stalagmite, but his wings unfurled too slowly as he smacked into the side of it instead. Sparks flew at his claws, scraping down the jagged rock. He let out another howl of pain as Kestrel snaked her head between the columns, seized his tail in her teeth, and yanked him out into the open. Her talons closed around his neck as she hissed in his ear. Where's the violent little monster I saw when you hatched? That's your dragon we need for the prophecy. I don't think Clay is a monster or a murderer, or... I really... I don't believe that. It doesn't seem like Clay's a murderer. Like, it doesn't seem like he would hurt anyone. He's, he's a, he seems nice already. He seems like he's a, he's a nice dragon. Just by reading so far. Gulp, Clay squawked, clawing at her grip. He could feel the strange burn scars on her palms scraping against his scales. This was how battle training with Castell always ended, with him unconscious and then sore, limping for days afterwards. Fight back, he thought. Get mad, do something. But although he was the biggest of the dragonettes, they were still a year away from being full-grown, and Castell towered over him. He tried to summon some helpful, violent rage, but all he could think was, It'll be over soon, and then I can go have dinner. So not the most heroic training, train of thought. Suddenly, Castell let out a roar and dropped him. Fire blasted over Clay's head as he hit the, fo the floor with a thud. The red dragon rolled around behind her. Panting definitely was the sea-winged dragonette to Tsunami. A red gold scale was caught between her sharp white teeth. She spat it out and glared at their teacher. Stop picking on Clay, Tsunami growled. Or I'll bite you again. Her deep blue scale shimmered like cobalt glass in the torchlight. The gills in her long neck were pulsing like always did when she was angry. Kestel sat back and flickered her tail around to examine the bite marks. She bared her teeth at Tsunami. Aren't you sweet, protecting a dragon who tried to kill you while you were still an egg? But luckily, you big dragons were there to save our lives, Tsunami said. And we are, and we sure appreciate it because now we get to hear about it all the time. She marched around to stand between Clay and Kestrel. Clay winced. He hated hearing this story. He didn't understand it. He'd never want to hurt the other dragons. Why had he attacked their dry, their eggs during hatching? Did he really have a killer monster inside him somewhere? The other minders, Webs and Dune, said he'd, he'd been ferocious when he hatched. 
they'd had to throw him in the river to protect the other eggs from him. Castillo wanted him to find that monster and use it when he fought, but he was afraid if he ever did, he wouldn't ha he would hate himself and so would everyone else. Thinking about what he'd nearly done to his friends made him feel like all the fire had been sucked out of him. He didn't particularly want to be violent, a green monster, even if Castell thought that would be an improvement. But maybe that was the only way to make the prophecy come true. Maybe that monster was his destiny. All right, Castell said dismissively. We're finished and here anyway. I'll mark another failure in your squirrel mudwing. She snorted a small flame into the air and swept out of the cave. Clay flopped down on the floor as soon as her red tail had vanished from sight. It felt like every one of his scales was stinging from burns. She's going to be so mean to you during your training tomorrow, he said to Tsunami. Oh no, the seaweed dragonette gasped. I've never seen Castell be mean before. That would be so unexpected and out of character. Ow, Clay groaned. Don't make me laugh. I think I, I think my ribs are broken. Your ribs are not broken, Tsunami said, poking him in the side of her nose. Dragon bones are almost as hard as diamonds. You're fine. Get up and jump in the river. No, Clay buried his head under his wings. Too cold. Jump in the river. Was Tsunami's solution for everything. Bored, aching bones, dry scales, brain overstuffed with the history of war. Jump in the river. She'd shout whenever any of the other dragons complained. She certainly did not care that she was the only one who could breathe underwater without most other dragon tribes hated getting wet. He didn't mind being wet, but he couldn't stand being cold. And the underground river that flowed through their cave home was always freezing. Get in, Tsunami ordered. She seized his tail between her front talons and started dragging him toward the river. You'll feel better. I will not, Clay shouted, clawing at the smooth stone floor. I'll feel colder. Stop it. Go away. Ah! His protest went up in the cloud of bubbles as Tsunami dumped him in the icy water. When he resurfaced, he was floating beside him, ducking her head and splashing water over her, her scales like a beautiful overgrown fish. Clay felt like a gawky brown blob next to her. He splashed onto the shallows and lay down on a submerged rock ledge, with his head resting on the blank bank of the river. He wouldn't admit it, but the burns and aches did feel better in the water. The current helped wash away the smoky rock dust caught between his dry scales. Still too cold, thought though. Clay scratched at the rock below him. Why couldn't there be just a little mud down here? Castell will be sorry one day when I'm queen of the sea wings, Tsunami said, swimming up and down in the narrow channel. I thought only a queen's daughter or sister could challenge her for her throne, Clay said. Tsunami swam so fast he wished he had webs between his talons too, or gills, or a tail like hers, so powerful she could nearly empty the river with one big splash. Well, maybe sea wing queen is my mother, and I'm a lost princess, she said, like in the story. Everything the dragonettes know about the outside world came from the squirrels picked up by the Talons of Peace. Their favorite was the Missing Princess, a legend about a runaway sea-winged dragonette whose royal family tore up the whole ocean looking for her. At the end, she found her way home, and her parents welcomed her with open wings and, feast and feasting and joy. Clay always skipped the adventures in the middle of the story. He just liked the last part, the happy mother and father, and the feasting. The feasting sounded pretty great, too. I wonder what my parents are like, he said. I wonder if any of our parents are still alive, Tsunami says. So now that we've met the other characters, we've talked about Clay. He's sweet. But now we've met Tsunami. Tsunami is like... A go-getter, get-things-done kind of dragon. She doesn't like seeing other dragons being punished for no reason. And she's kind of bit bossy so far. And, well, she seems like she's not scared of anything. Clay didn't like to think about that.
He knew dragons were dying in the war every day. Castell and Webbs brought back news of bloody battles, scorched land, and burning piles of dragon bodies. But he had to believe his parents were still safe. Do you think they ever miss us? Definitely. Tsunami flicked, flicked the spray of water at him with her tail. I bet mine were frantic when Webb stole my egg, just like in the story. And mine tore up, tore apart the marshes, Clay said. They'd all imagined scenes of their parents desperately searching ever since they were young dragonettes. Clay liked the idea that someone out there was looking for him, that someone missed him and wanted him back. Tsunami flipped onto her back, gazing up at a stone roof with her translucent green eyes. Well, the towns of peace knew what they were doing, she said bitterly. No one would ever find us down here. They listened to the river gargle and the torches crackle for a moment. We won't be underground forever, Clay said, trying to make her feel better. I mean, if the towns of peace want us scratching behind his ear off. If the Talons of Peace want us to stop this war, they'll have to let us out sometime, he said, scratching behind his ear thoughtfully. Starflight says it's only two more years. He only had to hold on that long, and then we can go home and eat as many cows as we want. Well, first we save the world, Tsunami said, and then we go home. Right, said Clay. How they were going to save the world was a little fuzzy. But everyone seemed to think they'd figure it out when the time came. Clay pulled himself out of the river, his waterlogged wings heavy and drooping. He spread them in front of one of the torches, arching his deck and trying to get warm. Feeble waves of wait, yeah, feeble waves of heat wafted against his scales. Unless Tsunami said, Clay lowered his head to look at her, and that's what. Unless we leave sooner, she said. She flipped over and pulled herself out of the water in one graceful motion. Leave, Clay echoed, startled. How? On her own? Why not, she said. If we can find a way out, why should we have to wait another two years? I'm ready to save the world now, aren't you? Clay wasn't sure he'd ever be ready to save the world. He figured the Talons of Peace would tell them what they had to do. Only the three guardian dragons, Castell, Webbs, and Dune, knew where the dragonettes were hidden. But there was this whole network of Talons out there getting ready for prophecy. We can't stop the war by ourselves, he said. We wouldn't even know where to start. Snowy flapped her wings at him in exasperation, showing him with cold droplets. We can... We can, too, we can, too, stop the war on our own, she said. That's the whole point of the prophecy. Maybe in two years, Clay said. Maybe by then I'll have found my dangerous side. Maybe then I'll be a ferocious fighter Castell wants me to be. Maybe sooner, she said stubbornly. Just think about it, all right? He shifted his feet. All right, I'll think about it. At least that way he could stop arguing with her. Tsunami cocked her head. I hear dinner, she, the faint sound of dismayed mooing echoed up the tunnel behind them. She poked Clay cheerfully. Raced to the hall, she rolled and po pounded away without waiting for a response. The torches in the battle room seemed dimmer, and cold water was sleeping under Clay's challenge. He folded his wings and spat his tail through the debris of the smashed rock column. Tsunami was crazy. The five dragonettes weren't ready to stop the war. They wouldn't even know where to, how to survive on their own. Maybe Tsunami was brave and tough like heroes should be. By Sunny and Glory and Starfight, Clay thought of all the things that might hurt them and wished he could give them his own scales and claws and teeth for extra protection. Besides, there was no way to escape the caves. The towns of peace had made sure of that. Still, part of him couldn't help wondering what it would be like to go home. Now, instead of waiting another two years, back to the marshes, to the swamps, to a whole tribe of mudwings who looked like him and thought like him, back to his parents, whoever they were. What if they could do it? What if the dragonettes could escape and survive and save the world their own way? This part, this chapter has been mostly about clay training and thinking about if they are ready to escape or not. In chapter two, we are going to read about if they do escape or what they think about it. Clay swept the bones of dinner into the river with his tail. 
The striped white shapes bounced away in the current. Fires flickered around the edges of the great central caves. Echoing space yawned overhead, dripping with stalk-likes like huge teeth. The cave dome was big enough for six full-grown dragons to fit across with their wings extended. The underground river flowed along one wall, muttering and gurgling as if it were plotting its own escape. Clay glanced at the two small sleeping caves that opened into the hall, currently empty, and wondered where the other dragonettes had gone while he was cleaning up. Aha! yelled a voice behind him. Clay threw his wings over his head. What I do? He yelped. I'm sorry, it wasn't. It was an accident. Or if it's the ex, or if it's the extra cow, didn't say I could have it because Webs would be out late. But I'm sorry, and I can skip dinner tomorrow. Small Snout poked his back between his wings. Calm down, silly Sunny said. I wasn't a hind at you. Oh, Clay smoothed his crest and twisted around around to look at her. Smallest and last hatched of the dragon nets. A pale lizard tail with the spring into her mouth. She grinned at him. That was my fierce hunting cry, she said. Do you like it? Wasn't it scary? Well, it was certainly surprising, he said. Lizards again? What's wrong with cows? That too heavy, she said. You look all serious, just thinking. Yeah, it was glad Castellan couldn't read minds like Nightwing's Nightwing dragons. He hadn't been able to stop thinking about the idea of escaping all through dinner. Clay lifted one of his wings, and Sunny nestled in close to him. He could feel the warmth from her golden scales radiating along his side. Sunny was too small and the wrong color, tawny gold instead of sand pale like most sand wings, but she gave off heat like the rest of her tribe. Dune says we should go study for an hour before bed, she said. The others are in the study cave already. Dune, the nightmare dragon who taught them survival skills, was a sandwing, and so was Sunny, more or less. There was nothing not there was something not quite right about the littlest dragonette. Not only were her scales too golden, but her eyes were grey green instead of glittering black. Worst of all, her tail curled into an ordinary point like the tails of most dragon tribes, instead of ending with a poisonous barb that was a sandwing's most dangerous weapon. As Castell often said, Sunny was uh, was completely harmless. And what good was a harmless dragon? But her egg fit the instructions in the prophecy, so she was their wings of sand, whether Talon's Peace liked it or not. Of course, there were no wings of brain in the prophecy at all. The dragonettes had all heard many times over about how Gloria was a last-minute substitution for the broken Skywing egg. Castellandu called her a mistake and growled at her a lot. Nobody knew whether the prophecy could still happen with a brain wing instead of Skywing. But from what Clay knew of Skywings, he was very glad they had glory instead of, instead of another grumpy, fire-breathing Castell under the mountain. Besides, if anyone was likely to mess up the prophecy, it was him, not Glory or Sunny. Come on, Sunny, said, flickering him with her tail. He followed her across the central cave, twisting stone tunnels led off in four corner directions. One to the battle arena, one to the guardian's cave, one to the study room, and one to the outside world. Last was blocked with a boulder too big for any of the dragonettes to move. Clay stopped and pushed against the rock with his shoulders as they went by. He often tried to open it with the big dragons weren't around. Someday it would move when he did that. Maybe not a lot, but even a tiny shift would let him know he was finally getting close to full grown. He felt big. He was constantly bumping into things and accidentally knocking stuff over with his tail or his wings. Not today, he thought roughly, and the boulder didn't budge. Maybe tomorrow. He followed Sunny down the tunnel to the study room. His enormous feet and thick claws thumped and scraped along the stone floor. Even though he'd lived under the mountain his whole life, it still hurt to walk on bare rock. He was constantly stubbing his talons, and they were always ached by the end of the day. Tsunami was stretching around the study cave, barking orders. Sunny and Clay sat down by the entrance, folding their wings back. A breath of air drifted down the hole in the roof far overhead, the only window to the outside in any of the caves. 
at night without the distant hint of sunlight. The room felt colder and more hollow. Clay stretched up and sniffed at the darkness that had fallen on the other side of the hall. He saw it smelled, smelled like stars. A map of Prihora hung on the wall between the torches. Tsunami and Starflight loved staring at the map, trying to figure out where their hidden cave was. Starflight was pretty sure they were somewhere under the claws of the clouds mountains. Skywings preferred to live high among the peaks, so anything could happen in the deep caves below without being noticed. All this history is so confusing, Sunny murmured to Clay, swishing her tail back and forth. Why don't the three sides just sit down and talk out the end of the war? That would be great, Clay said. Then we would, then we could stop studying it. Sunny giggled. Stop that, Tsunami said, bossily stamping her feet at them. No whispering. Pay attention. I'm assigning parts. This is not proper studying, Starflight pointed out. His black nightwing scales made him nearly invisible in the dark shadows between the torches. He swept a few scrolls between his talons and began to neatly sort them in a stacked triangle. Perhaps I should read to everyone instead. Dear moons, anything but that, Glory said from the ledge above him. Maybe later when we're trying to fall asleep. Her long, delicate snout, glow glowing emerald green with the desplers rested on her front claws. Ripples of iridescent blue shimmered across her scales, and tonight her tail was a swirl of vibrant purples. If it were weren't for glory, Clay thought, none of them would know how many colors there were in the world. He wondered what it must be like in the rainforest where there where there was a whole tribe of dragons that beautiful. Shush, Tsunami scolded. Now obviously I'd be the best queen. Well let's make Sunny the queen since she's the real sandling. She bustled over and pushed Sunny into the center of the cave. Well sort of Well sort of, Glory muttered Glory muttered under her breath. Hiss Starflight flickered her with his tail. None of the dragonettes ever talked about why Sunny didn't look like a regular sandling. Clay's guess was that her egg had been taken from the sand too early. Maybe sandling eggs need the sun desert sand to keep them warm until hatching. Or else they'd come out half-baked and funny-looking. Although, personally, he thought Sunny looked just fine. Tsunami tapped her claws on the cavern floor, studying her foot. Clay, you want to play the scavenger? That's hardly fair, Starflight pointed out. He's twice Sunny's size. A real scavenger would be smaller than her. According to the skull over here, it says that scavengers have no scales, no wings, and no tail. And they walk on two legs, which sounds very unstable to me. I bet they fall over all the time. They like treasure nearly as much as dragons do. The scrolls say scavengers attack lone dragons and steal. Oh my gosh, we know, Glory snapped. We were all here for the fascinating lectures about them. Don't make me come down there and bite you, Starflight. I'd like to meet a real scavenger, Clay said. I'd rip off its head and eat it. He pounded his front talons on the stone below him. I bet it would taste better than the mouthfuls of feathers Castell keeps bringing us. Poor hungry clay, Sunny teased. When we're free, we'll go find a scavenger nest and eat all of them, Tsunami promised, nudging clay with one wing. Sunny blinked at her. When we're free? Oops, Tsunami and clay got exchanged glances. Sunny was sweet and trusting and absolutely terrible at keeping secrets. I mean, after we fulfill the prophecy, of course, Tsunami said. Clay. Be a scavenger. Here, this can be your claw. She swung her long tail in the arc and smashed a stagnite loose. Shards of rock flew across the cave. The other dragonettes ducked. Clay heaved the sharp rock spear in his claws and grinned wickedly at Sunny. Don't actually hurt me, she said nervously. Of course you won't, Mommy said. We're just acting it out, and the rest of us will be the princesses. I'll be burned, Glory can be blister, and Starflight will be blaze. I had to be the princess last time, too, Starflight observed. I'm not sure I like this game. He stretched his wings and the scattered silver scales underneath, glittering like stars in the night sky. It's not a game. It's history, Tsunami said, and if we had any other friends, we could play We could play it differently, but there are three sand dragon princesses, so you have to be one. So stop complaining. Starflight shrugged and settled back into the shadows, the way he always did when he couldn't win a fight. All right, go ahead, Tsunami said, hopping onto the ledge next to Glory. 
um, Sunny said she eyed Clay Whirly. Right, here I go. La 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 la. Queen Oasis of the Sandwings. I'm so very important and, uh, royal and stuff. Tsunami sighed. Glory and Starflight hid their smiles. I've been queen for ages and ages. Sunny went on. She strutted across the cave floor. No one dares challenge me from my throne. I am the strongest sandwing queen who have ever lived. Don't forget the treasure, Tsunami hissed, pointing at the pile of loose rocks. Oh, right, Sunny said. It's probably because of all my treasure. I have so much treasure because I'm such an important queen. She swept the rocks toward her and gathered them between her talons. Did somebody say treasure? Clay bellowed, leaping out from behind a large rock formation. Sunny yelped with fright. No, Tsunami cried. You're not scared. You're Queen Oasis, the big, bad queen of the sand dragons. Right, Sunny said. Rawr! What is this tiny scavenger doing in the kingdom of the sand? I am not afraid of tiny scavengers. I shall go out there and eat him in one bite. Glory started giggling so hard she had to lie down and cover her face with her wings. Even Tsunami was making faces like she was trying not to laugh. Clay swung a stout knight in a circle. Squeak, 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 he said, and other annoying scavenger noises. I'm here to steal treasure away from a magnificent dragon. Not from me, you won't, Sunny said, bristling. She stamped forward, spread her wings, and raised her tail threateningly without the poisonous barb other sand wings had. Hold on. Had Sunny's tail was not very menacing, but nobody pointed that out. Yay! Clay shouted, lunging forward his rock claw. Sunny darted out of the way, and they circled each other, fainting and jabbing. This was Clay's favorite part, when Sunny forgot about trying to act queenly and focused on the battle. She was fun to fight. Her small size made it easy for her to dodge and slip under his defenses. In the end, Queen Oasis had to lose. That was how the story went. Clay dove drove Sunny back against the wall of the cave and thrust the fake claw between her neck and the cave and thrust the f- and her wings, pretending it was right through her heart. Ah, Sunny howled, impossible! A queen defeated by a lowly scavenger. The kingdom will fall apart. Oh, my treasure, my lovely treasure. Eh. She collapsed onto the ground and let her wings flop lifelessly on the other side of her. Okay, that was just hilarious. Let's. That was so. That was just a hilarious part in the story. It was too funny for me. Ha ha ha! Clay said, and squeak squeak, the treasure is mine. He scooped up all the pile, all the rocks, and parted away, lashing his tail proudly. Our turn, Tsunami said, jumping off the ledge. She hurried over to Sunny, collapsed her talons together, and let out a cry of anguish. Oh no, our mother is dead, and the treasure is gone. But worst of all, none of us killed her. So who should be queen now? When I heard, but worst of all, none of us killed her, I just, like, that's so dark. Why would their own daughter want to kill their mom? I mean, I know to be queen, but that's just horrible. I was about to challenge her, Glory cried. She flapped her wings dramatically. I would have fought her to the death for the throne. I should be queen. No, I should be queen, Tsunami insisted. I am the eldest and biggest and would have challenged her first. They both turned to look at Starflight, hidden in shadows. The black dragon looked as if he was trying to become even more invisible. Come on, Starflight, Tsunami said. Don't be a lazy. Don't be lazy. She caught herself just before saying Rainwing. The teachers said things like that all the time. If you don't study, you know better than a Rainwing. What's the matter? If someone replaced your brains with Rainwings still sleeping, anyone would think you were Rainwing. That last one is mostly for Clay. But the Dragonettes all knew Glory hated it, too. No matter how much she pretended she didn't care, it also seemed really unfair. Glory was the only Rainwing any of them had ever met, and she studied and trained harder than anyone else. Er, Dragon, Tsunami finished awkwardly with a quick glance at Glory. Starflight, get out here. The Nightwing shuffled forward and looked down at Sunny, who had her eyes scrunched shut. Oh dear, oh dear, he said. Well now, I should be queen as the youngest princess. 
I could have the longest reign. That would be good for the Sandwings. Also, she paused and gave a long, suffering sigh. <sighs> also, I am by far the prettiest. Sunny giggled, and Tsunami poked her to keep still. Clay swept his treasure rocks into a pile and sat on them. I should kill you both right now, Glory snarled. You and what army, Tsunami? Uh, taunted her. Glory stretched her neck up and bared her teeth. That's a great idea. I'll go get an army, an army of sea wings, and then you'll be sorry. You're not the only one who can make allies, Tsunami said. I'll get the sky wings on my side and the mud wings. Then we'll see who wins this war. There was a pause. They both looked at Starfly again. Uh, yeah, he said. You do that, and I'll ally myself with the ice wing army. Also, by the way, most of the sand wings want to, me to be the queen. They do, Sunny said, opening her eyes. Who says? Stop talking, Tsunami said, poking her with her one talon. You're dead. There are lots of recent scrolls about it, Starfly explained promisingly. Blaze is very popular with her own tribe. So why can't she be queen, Sunny asked, if that's who they want. Because Burn is bigger and scarier. She'd crush her like a bug if they fought, actually fought Claude Claw. Glory chimed in. And Blister, that's me, is smart smarter than both of them put together she knew she could couldn't kill burn in a regular duel it, it was her idea to involve other tribes and turn their sandwing throne battle into a world war she's probably probably waiting for the other two to kill each other which one do we have to which one do we want to be queen sonny asked we get to pick right when we fulfill the prophecy none of them starfoot said gloomily Blaze is about as smart as a consessed sheep. Blister is most likely plotting to become queen of all the tribes somehow. And if Burn wins, she'll probably keep the war going just for fun. They're all pretty nasty. I guess we'll see what the Talons of Peace decide. The Talons of Peace don't get to decide, Tsunami said, bristling. They, they only think they're in charge of us. We can still hear them out. Starflight urged, they want what's best for all us and Priora. Either for you to say, Glory snapped, the ruff around her neck flared orange. You weren't stolen from your home. Nightwings were pretty eager to hand over your egg, weren't they? Starflight phone says she'd burned him. Boring, Clay shot from his pile of rocks. Stop fighting with each other. Come fight me for this treasure instead. No one knows what the scavenger did with the sand dragon treasure, Starflight said in his top of the class voice turning away from glory among other things he stole the leslet dragon the gold sandwing scepter and the eye of onyx which had been in the sandwing treasury for hundreds of years clay stamped his feet starflight's lectures always made his scales itch i just want to fight somebody he said somebody who wasn't trying to beat him into a violent rage preferably as if he thought had summoned her, Castell suddenly loomed in the entrance of the cave. What is going on in here? Castell's booming voice made all five dragonettes jump to attention. Sun Sunny slipped as she tried to scramble to her feet, and Starflight jumped forward to catch her. The enormous white skywing slid into the cave, glaring down at them. This doesn't look like studying, she hissed. We're s s, -s, -s sorry, Sunny stammered. No, we're not, Tsunami shot the sandwing glare. We were studying. We were acting out the death of Queen that started the whole war. You mean play acting, Castell growled. You are too old for games. When were we ever young enough for games, Goy muttered. It wasn't a game, Tsunami said. It was a different way of learning the history. That's what... That's... What's wrong with that? And now you're talking back, Kestel said. She looked smug as she always did when Tsunami got in trouble. That means no sleeping in the river tonight, Tsunami scowled. Kestel tapped the pile of scrolls by the entrance with one claw. The rest of you, learn from the ceiling's mistake and study the correct way. That's not fair, Kalei spoke up as Kestel turned to go, even though it made his heart pound. We were all doing the same thing. We should all be punished. Goy shook her head at him, but beside, but beside him, Sunny nodded. Castell stared down at Clay. I know who the ringleader was. Cut off the head and the problem goes away. You're going to cut off Tsunami's head? Sunny squeaked. 
glory sigh. It's a metaphor, feather brain. Now go to bed, Castell said. She turned and swept out the cave, knocking over starflights and neat stacks of scrolls as she went. Clay nudged Tsunami's dark blue shoulder with his snout. Sorry, we tried. I know, thanks, Tsunami said, brushing her wings against his. Hey, Sunny, could you... Would you mind taking those scrolls back to our sleeping cave? The, sp the small gold dragon brightened. Sure, I can do that. She hurried to the entrance, gathering the scattered scrolls in her front talons and whisked out of the cave. I can't stand this much longer, Tsunami says. As soon as Sunny was gone, we have to get out of here soon. Clay glanced at Glorian Starflight, who didn't look surprised. You talked to them about it? Of course, Tsunami said. I need their help figuring out an escape plan. Kai couldn't help but notice that she hadn't, hadn't asked him for an escape plan idea. Even the dragons who liked him thought he was pretty useless. I'm not sure we're ready, Starflight said, wrinkling his forehead. There's so much we haven't learned yet. That's what the teachers want us to think, Tsunami. The blue scales shifted as she shook herself from head to tail. But we'll never know until we get out of this horrible caves and see the world for ourselves. What about the prophecy, Clea? Shouldn't we wait two more years? I don't see why, Gloria said. It, I'm with Tsunami. Destiny is destiny, right? So whatever we do must be the right thing. We don't need a bunch of ancient dragons telling us how to save the world. They're not in the prophecy. When do we tell Sunny? Starflight asked, glancing at the cave's dark opening. Not until the last minute, Tsunami said fiercely. You know she can't keep a secret, Starflight. Promise me you won't say anything to her. I won't, I won't, he said. She's not going to like it, though. She thinks everything's great here. Of course she does, you know, he said. She doesn't care that we get treated like cracked eggs, even though we're supposed to be the key to peace or whatever. She cares, said Arflight said defensively. She just doesn't whine about it. Youch, said Glory. Tsunami whirled to glare at Starflight, her gills pulsing. Say that to my face. I am saying it to your face, he said. Or were they saying it to your rear end? It's easy to get the two confused. He ducked behind Clay before Tsunami could e even bare her teeth at him. Hey, stop, stop. Quit snarling at each other. Uh, each other, like many Castells, Clay said, standing up, up to keep his bulk between Tsunamis. Tsunami and Starflight. Nobody's happy here. Sunny deals with it differently, that's all. But remember... What we decide, we five stick together, or else everything gets wrong. It's worse, right? Starflight hunched his wings forward, muttering. Clay's right, Glory said. The last thing we want is to be like Castell or Webbs or Dune. Tommy hissed for a moment, then shook herself. All right, I know I'm trying, but this place is slowly killing me, she said. Clay shivered at the fierce look on her face. He would not want to be the dragon standing in her way. As soon as he... As soon as we have a plan, we go, Tsunami said, looking looking them each in the eye. Let's see them force our destiny on us when they can't find us anymore. So, chapter 3. Suddenly, there was a thundering crash from the central cave. Clay heard the entrance bowler slam back into place, and then the rumble of heavy footsteps from the extra squish flap sound of them he knew that it must be clay webs something's happening tsunami said Jerry to the door her ears twitching him at the spinny ridge along her back standing straight up we have to go listen starflight spreads wings slowly i'm sure we'll find out what the fuss is in the morning i don't want to wait that long tsunami spun around jabbed his underbelly with her tail and and he tipped back with a grunt. Don't be a smoke breather. Let's go. She's whirled out of the cave. Clay winced as his sore muscles sprang into the action, into action. He followed Glory to the central cave. Glory's scales were already changing to match the mostly gray and black rocks in the moment. She'd be nearly impossible to see. Starflight slipped past to join her. And the two of them hurried away toward the tunnel that led to the big dragon's cave. They vanished almost immediately into the shadows. Hidden by their coloring, they get as close as they could to eavesdrop. But Clay and Tsunami had an even better shot of hearing everything. If they hurried, Tsunami was already charging across the cave to the river. What about Sunny? Clay called quietly. He could hear the little sandling rummaging around in her sleep cave, patting scrolls away. We'll come up with something to tell her later, Tsunami said back. 
pissed about Clay felt sorry that Sonny was the only one who didn't know about their spying games, but they'd learned their lesson about trusting her secrets long ago. Sonny hadn't meant to tell Dune about the pile of rocks the dragons were collecting. Their plan was to build a tower to the sky hole back when they were too small to fly. They'd only wanted to stick their heads out and look around. One day, Sonny forgot to be careful around Dune, and the next day, all the collected rocks were gone from their hiding place. That was the end of that plan, and Sonny getting to know anything. Tsunami disappeared into the river with a nearly sudden, soundless splash. The pale green flecks under her dark blue scale shimmered as she swam upriver. Clay dove in after her, wishing he could see in the dark light like her. She could. At least she'd remembered to activate the glow in the dark stripes along her tail. Mudwings can't breathe underwater like sea wings, but they could hold their breath for more than hours. So whenever the dragonet wanted to spawn the guardians, Clay and Tsunami could use the river to get close, closer than the others. He caught up to the sea wing as she was wriggling through the underwater gap in the cave walls. It made Clay nervous every time, squeezing through such a small space. He wished he hadn't eaten that extra cow at dinner. His claws scrambled on the rocks, catching in the crevices. There was a brief, terrifying moment as his midsection got stuck. Would he be down? Would he drown down here? Would the prophecy be ruined because of an extra cow? Then, with the then with a wish of bubbles, he popped through the shot after tsunami. Her tail stripe went dark as they swam quietly into the guardian's cave. The older dragons hardly paid attention to the river, except for webs, who sometimes slept in the shallows. It would n- never occur to them that two pairs of dragonettes m- dragonette ears might be poked out in a- of the water, listening. Clay drifted to a stop near the entrance, while Tsunami swam to the far side of the room. That way, at least one of them could hear, no matter where the minders were talking tonight. However, Clay was pretty sure everyone could hear everything, including Gloria and Starflight in the passageway outside. From the way Castell was shouting, it was impo- it was possible even the sky wings up in the mountain peaks could hear her. Coming here with no warning after six years, suddenly he's interested. A jet fire shot out of her snout and blasted the nearest rock column. Maybe he wants to make sure they're ready to stop the war, Webb suggested. Dude snorted. These dragons... Then he's going to be very disappointed. He eased himself onto a flat boulder, stretching his forelegs, dump and mangled wing toward the fire. The big sandwing dragon never discussed his scars or how he lost his foot, but the dragonettes could guess from the anger in his voice whether whenever he talked about the war. The fact that he couldn't fly was probably why he was chosen for the underground dragonette minding duty. He clearly wasn't picked for his warm nurturing personality we've done our best webb said the prophecy chose these dragonettes not us does he even know what happened castell demanded does he know about the broken egg and the rain wing or the defective sand wing clay winced poor sonny he floated closer keeping his bulky brown length below the surface of the dark water through the ripples he could see the blurred shapes of the large dragons gathering around the fire Webbs flapped his wings. I'm not sure what he knows or why he cares. The message just said, Morseer's coming. I'm supposed to meet him and bring him here tomorrow. Morseer? That sounded familiar. Clay raked his brain. A dragon from history class? One of the tribe rulers? No, couldn't be. All tribes ruled by queens. I'm not worried about Sunny, Dune said. We followed the prophecy instructions. It's not our fault that she's the way she is, but the rain wing... He's not going to like that. A deep growl rumbled in Kestrel's throat. I don't like it either. I never have. Gloria's not that bad, Webbs argued. She's smarter than she wants us to know. You you overestimate her because you brought her here, Dune said. She's lazy and worthless like the rest of her tribe. And she's not a skywing, Kestel snapped. We're supposed to have a skywing. Clay wished Glory didn't have to hear all this. The Guardians never hid how they felt about her, and she never acted like she cared, but he wished he could tell her she was just as important as and smart as any skywing. Well, I never thought Mercy would come look at them, Webb said. After he dropped off Starflight's egg, I assumed we'd never see him again. The Nightwings have nothing to do with the war. So he's a Nightwing, which means super-powered and mysterious and full of himself. 
That was all Clay could remember about Nightwing. He found himself actually wishing he could get a lecture from Starflight. The epic wonderfulness of Nightwings was the Black Dragonette's favorite topic. Did the Talons say what he wants? Kestrel asked. Well, it's his prophecy, Webb said. I guess he wants to make sure it will actually come true. More seer. Clay felt joy, jolt run through him like he's... Like the stinging shock he sometimes get when Dune whacked him with his barbed tail for not paying attention. Morsir was the Nightwing who had spoken the Dragonite prophecy ten years ago. They had learned about him in history, but it was one of many facts Clay had never remembered. He had delivered the prophecy, never seemed as important as who was in the prophecy, but maybe Morsir was more important than Clay had realized. After all, he was coming to see them. Perhaps he would take them out into the world. Perhaps they didn't need to escape after all. Perhaps everything was about to change. Chapter 4 Okay, we will... I Tomorrow, we will read Chapter 4 next time. I uh, hope you all enjoyed this podcast of episode one, chapters one through four. We will read chapter four next episode. Bye.